welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. Uh, wow, you are a spoiler as I am, Adam. I'm tired. I'm very tired. I didn't sleep well last night. It didn't help that I was up playing Cuphead until about 2 in the morning either. Um, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Uh, unforced error. I think it's the proper term for what happened there. Um, yeah, I was up until about 2 3 in the morning playing Cuphead. Now I'm exhausted. Um, so, we're here to talk about the new docuseries that came out on CNN Films, uh, well, via CNN Films, for CNN Plus. I think, I actually think it was, I don't know if it was made for CNN and then uh, it premiered at South by Southwest, but I know it premiered at South by Southwest. Um, and it was going to be on CNN Plus. The, uh, the streaming service that I'm not really sure why it existed independently of like I understand why why Fox Nation exists independent of Fox News because they don't have another streaming service to throw their shit onto um, but like there isn't like an MSNBC plus it's just folded into Peacock um, or a CNBC plus it's just folded into Peacock uh, under the Universal banner uh, I'm not entirely sure why CNN Plus was its own independent thing outside of, um, what's it called? Outside of, you know, like HBO Max. If it was just under the HBO Max banner, um, people may have, I, I think it's more they don't want, like HBO Max is more like Netflix where it doesn't have anything besides TV and movies. There is no sports, there is no live TV, there is no, like, the other streamers that do that, like, you know, Viacom, uh, I'm sorry, Paramount Plus has, you know, sports and news and shit like that, um, like, Disney has ESPN Plus separate but bundled in, I think the problem was CNN Plus wasn't bundled, there was no bundle you could get that would include CNN, uh, CNN Plus, and also, it was its own thing that you have to go out of your way to buy. And it's like, I'm not going to pay extra for CNN Plus. Um, so it went under. Um, which kind of makes sense if you think about it. Um, and it's independent of your political views. It's just, it, it doesn't make logistical sense to have put out a streaming service for a news organization like that. And now I've tried to fold it in somewhere else. Um, but anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. Um, um, we're here to talk about The Last Movie Stars, the new docuseries that got dumped. And again, I think another unforced error with this show is that they should not have done binge model for releasing it. Um, the only reason that I, on release day, have a full review of all six episodes is because I was what's it called, I had, uh, been sent screeners by the people at HBO, um, so that way I could, uh, see it all early, so because I had seen it early and I had that opportunity, I was able to space it out and watch it over the course of a few days, rather than try to, rather than try to, what the fuck are you, rather than try to do it all at once. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I look at and I'm like, this is something that would be better served 
over the course of multiple weeks. Like, if you look at, like, um, what was that? What was that other one? Um, uh, the, the other one going on now, Edge of the World, with, um, where they showed the extreme sports people doing some of the most dangerous things in their fields. Um, like, that was done over the course of weeks. But it's also an HBO show. Um, and, and, and the thing is, I feel like HBO Max should move away from the, the, the binge model, especially for shows like this. Because, for me especially, the binge model makes me not want to watch something. Like, I know that, um, Sandman is coming out on Netflix in a few weeks, or a few weeks out from Sandman. Um, and I do, I, I am going to watch it. I know it's going to take me a bit to get through it. It's going to take me a lot of time to get through it. Because I'll watch it, like, you know, two episodes at a time. Maybe while I'm at work, I'll watch an episode or two if I'm at my desk. But it's one of those, and Netflix doesn't give me advanced copies. I tried. They said no. Uh, maybe I'll try again and be like, hey. Because um, that way I can get some semblance of way through it, but issue is, if I don't have advanced access to a show, then I can't do a review of it until I finished said show. Like, I need to get through the entire thing before I get to the end. Unless for Sandman, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it up at that one episode per, per episode, um, which... Again, historically, hasn't been how I've done binge shows. Like, if we look at, like, how I did, like, Match of the Universe, I didn't break it up into two pods of eight episodes, because it did Match of the Universe Revelation. Um, and I think that's the other downfall of the binge model, is that it's there... And people will forget about it very quickly because it's like, oh well, I've watched it all already. Let's move on to the next thing. Like Stranger Things and like Bridgerton are kind of anomalies in so much as they dump the whole thing out onto streaming, and then from there it got it, it continued to have staying power. Um, and even that, like Stranger Things, had it not been for the fact that they spaced out the last season probably wouldn't have had, you know, it probably would have been a little bit more flash in the pan, especially compared to other things. I still haven't watched it. I've never watched Stranger Things, but I guess that's how I feel. Um, but this documentary, The Last Movie Stars, is uh, Ethan Hawke made it about uh, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, two um, icons of American cinema. Um, it is awesome that there's a one little lane they still have not finished paving yet. Um, awesome. Uh, but beyond that, the rest of the highway is entirely paved. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why. It is fucking bizarre. Anyway, um, it's about their life because they were frequent co-stars um, over the course of both of their careers. And they were also married. Um, and because they were married, they were, you would think they would try to alleviate those bumps. Um, 
And because they were married, they they did keep their private life kind of private. Um, now, that said, it was easier to do during that era, but still. Um, I feel like the biggest thing worth addressing in this documentary... I mean, the documentary series is great. Um, and anyone who has a love for old Hollywood and, and old movies will find something to like in this documentary. Because it's not just about the, the, the legendary icons of, you know, of Paul Newman and, and Joanne Woodward. It is also about, you know, the people behind those. And it gives a unapologetic look at these people. I don't think that... Uh, I think that if there's anything that people are going to bump into it is that this is very obviously shot during the pandemic. And when I say that, I mean it is... There are segments that are Zoom calls that are recorded. Um, and it's like Ethan Hawke and he's talking to Laura Linney. He's talking to um, uh, George Clooney. He's talking to all of these other huge name actors and actresses. Vincent D'Onofrio's on, David Letterman, Martin Scorsese. And it's like all of these people are there to talk about the life, legacy, and impact of, um, what's it called? Of, um, what's his name? Uh, of, uh, of Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. But the issue is there is, uh, uh, they the sound quality is not uniform. And what I mean by that is that it always... You're not going to be sitting there messing with the volume on your TV. Because the sound mix is good. Um, whoa. The sound mix is good. So you're not going to be sitting there being like... Uh, what was I saying? Sorry, we had a... Uh, they still haven't finished paving the highway. Um, but... What was I saying about the whole thing? The, oh, um, because it's people in their house recording, um, on, uh, what's it called, uh, on their laptop or on their desktop, um, they're not uniform microphones, they're not, uh, uniformly, um, acoustically tuned in the same way that if you watch a documentary where everyone's in the same room, everyone's gonna be mic'd the same, everyone's going to have the same acoustics, um, in the room. So everything that happens is going to be, um, kind of on board, uh, and, and kind of uniform in that, in, in how they sound. Um, you don't really have that in this, and it is very much like you're listening to a series of recorded phone calls, which is fine, and it works. The issue is some people might bump into that and be annoyed by that. They, apparently, too, this is something I didn't know, but the documentary kind of lays it out, and the documentary does um, explore this a lot, is um, apparently before a memoir, um, Paul Newman had uh, a number of conversations with family, friends, co-workers, other things, other people like that in his life, who were all involved with him in some way. And what this ended up doing was ended up with a huge kind of treasure trove of recordings. 
in his life who knew him and knew his wife very well and were able to speak to what they, you know, what what working with them was life and what, what their life was like. Um, and it is unique that, that that happened. I mean, like at this point, I mean, celebrities are on Twitter and on, you know, every celebrity has a podcast now, it feels like, and you can go in and, and there is no shortage of stories about some of, you know, today's biggest icons because they have TV shows, they have podcasts and things like that. But these recordings tell a, tell a very unique and deep story about who these people were. And here's the thing, though. The tapes were destroyed. But the transcripts were kept. Um, so, rather than reading them himself, some of the celebrities were brought on to discuss Joanne Woodward and, um, and, um, and Paul Newman are also brought on to discuss, to, to act out the various roles. So, like, Laura Linney, who I mentioned earlier, who's in the, in the, uh, in the documentary, um, she voices, uh, Joanne in the, uh, in, in the parts of the, the transcripts that are, um, that she speaks. Uh, George Clooney voices Paul Newman, um, Sam Rockwell voices, I forget who he voices, but the, everyone, the, a lot of the celebrities also voice these real people and, and bring life to these tr- transcripts in a way that, um, you ordinarily wouldn't, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a very good documentary. It's very good, very interesting about not just his film career, but also how his film career and how and how uh, his wife's film career um, mirrored their personal life. There, there's interesting stuff about his his racing career. Not as much about his racing career, um, but it's, it is mostly about his impact on film because it is Ethan Hawke who directed. And Ethan Hawke is you know a big film guy. And, you know there's you know a good amount of time where it's just him and his frequent collaborator Richard, Richard Linklater talking about. Um, what's it called, talking about the impact that Paul Newman had on film, and, and, and that alone is worth the show. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that six episodes is not a lot to sit through, especially of a documentary series, considering it is six hour-long episodes, and if you're going to sit down and watch this whole thing the whole way through, you're going to be sitting there for six hours. That's a lot. There's no sugarcoating it, no bones about it. It's a lot to watch. That said, I don't think it is necessarily a bad... It is necessarily a, a, a bad show to watch. Um, but, since HBO Max isn't exactly spacing it out, it, it's, it kind of comes down to you to use your own personal judgment on how much you can sit down and watch of this at any given point. Um, because, again, it is a lot. Uh, and I would not recommend... Like, I kind of binged it a little bit while I was at work. Um, I would not recommend that. Um, 
because if you go through it all in that way, uh, you end up, it, it may not be, it, it's definitely not the best way to, to, to enjoy, uh, like, that's the thing about binge watching, I, I don't think that's the best way to enjoy a series, because it makes it harder to differentiate what happens when, uh, whereas if I watch a, you know, if I watch a, uh, Like, if I watch it week in, week out, I can pick up and, you know, figure out what happened in what episode a little bit clearer. Um, instead of it being all one giant mush of six hours. Uh, and that's not the show's fault, that's HBO's fault. Or HBO Matthew's fault for not putting it out in a easier way to, uh, to understand. Um, but we'll wrap up there for today. Uh, tomorrow we have Nope. Um, the newest Jordan Peele movie. I'll be seeing that tomorrow um, after work. What else do we have this week? Um, I think that's it. I might put up an episode about Long International Film Expo. I still haven't done that yet. I went to that last weekend. And then this weekend I'm going to starting the film festival. But I will be you know, doing that. Um, but until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.